episode, I want to talk about a poetry movement that swept not only English literature, but most European literatures in the 19th century. It's Romanticism. Romantic poetry, or Romanticism, is a huge topic to cover. Entire schools of scholars continue to sift the poems and publish about this movement to this day. So what is romantic poetry? Well, first of all, I want to make clear that we are not talking about romantic necessarily in terms of love. We don't mean romantic poetry the same way we mean a romantic candlelit dinner. There's a long history behind the use of the word that I won't get into, as interesting as it is. But suffice it to say that by the 19th century, romantic referred to emotion in general. In the backdrop of Romanticism, there was the Age of Enlightenment, an age of science and reason and classicism. In contrast, the Romantic poets revived an emphasis on love stories, strong emotions, and personal individual imagination and emotions of a poet. In short, Romanticism is the turn away from a purely objective, scientific way of looking at things to focus on the inner life of hope genius, love, fantasy, emotion, and greatness. The Romantic poets also returned to talking about nature, just like Romantic painters did. They saw things like towering mountains, unruly seas, and valleys of flowers as symbols of human matters like safety, anticipation, struggle, peace. It was, in its day, which is loosely 1800 to 1850, a huge revolution in favor of human emotion, nature, and the individual's experience of genius and greatness. Now, in many ways, this poetic movement still resonates with us today. We haven't really seemed to emancipate ourselves from it. For instance, we are seeing an explosion of spoken word artists passionately and personally critical of society expressing their deepest, most vulnerable feelings towards systems of oppression, all with the understated view that the world could be better. And yet, we do not like living in the shadow of Romanticism. Romanticism, as a poetry movement, has given poetry the reputation of being elitist, lofty, ethereal, mysterious, and above our heads. Nevertheless, Like every philosophical and artistic movement throughout history, I believe there is some truth to their ideas and that they still have something to teach us. And today I'm going to rely on the romantic poet of the English language to give us a taste of what these poets were all about. That poet is William Wordsworth. This poem was written in 1807, and it manages to encapsulate what romantic poets were all about even though Wordsworth in Coleridge's Lyrical Ballads, published in 1798, was the first major seminal romantic work. 
Today's poem is commonly called the Daffodil's Poem, but officially goes by the first line. Let's dive right in. I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud by William Wordsworth I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed, and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft, when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. We've also talked before about narrative poems, and in many ways this is one. It tells a story. The poem opens with, I wandered lonely as a cloud. In there alone is all the hallmark of a romantic poem. And I wanders. This is a personal story, and there is aimless wandering. It is not scientific. It is perceptive, passively enjoying. I wandered, quote, lonely as a cloud. Ah, there we have that nature symbol. Think of a small little lone cloud, a puffy little cotton ball, hovering above, looking from a bird's eye view. Now, while today we have things like helicopters to actually give us that view, I would never say, I wandered in a helicopter lonely as a cloud. It's too scientific, too mechanical. The fact that the person speaking here can wander like a cloud is also a fantasy, an imagination. Anyway, all of those are hallmarks of romantic poetry. Now, what does that person see? A crowd, a host of daffodils. The flowers, daffodils, expansive and brilliant, are set beside a lake and under trees. Quote, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. It's like a landscape painting. He describes the flowers as continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way. Okay, so then we have this connection of a field of flowers as being like all the stars in the sky. Here, Wordsworth has really gone into full-on fantasy territory. The stars and the flowers are connected. The cosmos is there in the veil. And that cosmos, as if stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Okay. So, like all the stars in the sky, stretched along the side of a bay. Okay, a field of mountain flowers in a valley by a lake and trees. 
continuous like stars in the whole Milky Way. Set beside a sea? We have three totally different natural scenes, all seemingly connected by Wordsworth so plainly. At their dancing in the wind, quote, the poet could but not be gay. Okay, so now we know this I is a poet. Not just any poet, but poets in general. This gives us a clue that this poem is not only about daffodils. It's a conceit. But anyway, I don't know about you, but if it was just about daffodils, I would just kind of shrug about it. I would find it hard to really appreciate a poem that was only about daffodils unless I too had some personal connection to it. But the fact that this mentions the poet tells me that there is a much bigger story here. This is not about daffodils. Well, then what is it about? Well, let's continue. The poet sees the daffodils and can't help but be happy at the sight of them. That is, in such jocund or happy, pleasing company. Quote, A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. The last line, I gazed, and there's that dash, and gazed, but didn't really think about how rich of an experience that field of daffodils actually brought the poet. Remember that there was this experience of viewing that whole field, but not in the moment any thinking about how important or life-changing it would be. You see, Wordsworth, in his preface to the lyrical ballads, that first romantic poem, gave us a definition of poetry. That definition has become an idea that poets often challenge or resound or relate to, and I think is a very interesting idea. I've talked in the Whitman episode about seeing like a poet, and this poem is one such example. Wordsworth famously said that poetry is, quote, the spontaneous overflow of powerful feelings. It takes its origin from emotion recollected in tranquility. That is, first comes this spontaneous eruption of emotion, but then later, when things are calm, you can reflect on that experience. Returning to the poem, what happens after the poet sees the daffodils and doesn't immediately contemplate that experience? Well, he goes about his life. When he lays on the couch, either in a vacant or pensive mood, that is, lounging around or thinking deeply, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude, and then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. He's transported back to that scene. If he is vacant, he finds company in the daffodils. If he is busy thinking about things, his heart fills with pleasure. This idea that poetry is actually rooted in a big eruption of feeling but reflected and written later when things are peaceful and calm, that is the key to understanding romantic poetry. But I also think it's an interesting thing in general. I too have been hiking in the mountains and written poems about a mountain. I don't think anyone could understand just how big mountains are by seeing a photo. It totally overwhelms you, and only after that first sight can you even begin to think about the size of a mountain. 
There's something to say here, too, about poetry. Just like the memory of the daffodils, we can return to poems to get us out of our heads or loneliness. Poems, like most art forms, have a power over our mood and our thoughts. Experiencing a poem again is like experiencing the daffodils again. And when you're finished reading it, then the thoughts swell up. Let's have another listen. This time, pay attention not to the imagery, but to the process the poet goes through that is described here. I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud by William Wordsworth I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high over vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils. Beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed, and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft, when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude, and then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. If you want to try it, and you still can be a romantic, think about a time that changed your life and experience. Put us in the scene of the before. Walk us through the event, and then transport us to a time later when you think about it. What does that do for you? And it doesn't have to be jocund and gay like Wordsworth's daffodil scene. Maybe it's a trauma that haunts you. Maybe it's a memory of an argument you had that stuck with you, watching someone take their final breath. What we can still learn from the romantics, I think, is hope. To have hope enough that our experiences aren't worthless, that great, powerful, awesome things are still out there to behold and experience. We can still dream Put our head in the clouds and wander. You know, I'm afraid of a world where we never do that. With Wordsworth's poetry, though, even in the midst of today's world, we too can experience the hope, grandeur, and loveliness of a valley load of daffodils in majestic full bloom. Hey everyone, Preston here. Thanks for tuning in again. My favorite lines of today's poem were, I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. Tell me your favorite lines or ask me stuff on Preston's Poetry Podcast Instagram or Facebook page or via the website, Preston's Poetry Podcast.com. Until next time, we'll see y'all.